Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. Lane Parrish stamped snow from his boots in the doorway of the Firehouse Restaurant in South Fork. He shook more snow from the shoulders of his jacket and then ran a hand to smooth the moisture out of his light blonde hair. A shudder coursed through him as snow trickled down the back of his shirt. He didn't normally let the cold bother him, but this winter at 8,000 feet in southwest Colorado had been brutal. Were it not for the abundance of fresh powder at nearby Wolf Creek Ski Area, he might have stayed closer to Denver. Most of the time, he lived in an apartment in Boulder to be closer to his daughter. But... Since his getaway days were few, he had to take his ski days when he could. Cameron wasn't old enough to learn the art of downhill yet. Next winter, though, he'd have that little one on skis, working the french fries and pizza. Then he'd have a whole new set of injuries to worry about. A server marched up to him, a rail-thin woman with bright red lips and a smile that looked like she'd been wearing it for the duration of her dinner shift. One? Lane nodded. Table, please. Something in the back, if you have it. She guided him toward a table in the middle of the room, despite his request. The firehouse was a barn-like, country-cooking sort of establishment, with pizzas and burgers and an ample choice of beers. They adorned the wooden walls with the selection of flags of various college sports teams, an array of televisions was broadcasting a bowl game to the alternating cheers and jeers of everyone present. Young men with hopes of big paydays when the draft would arrive in a few months. Lane sat and chose a laminated menu from between the ketchup and mustard dispenser bottles. Standard options populated the menu, and he'd been to the firehouse enough times he knew the dishes by heart. He'd nearly settled on a grilled chicken sandwich when the chicken fried steak jumped out at him. Maybe tonight he'd finally take the plunge and try it. The door at the front of the restaurant slammed closed. Lane first thought it had been the wind, but it wasn't windy out this evening. He craned around in his chair to see a woman standing in the doorway in front of the hostess's podium. The woman was about 5'8", with flowing blonde hair and deep brown eyes, but her expression made her stand out beyond the normal mountain folk and Texas emigrants who populated this town. Jaw clenched, eyes on fire. Tendons on her neck stood out like speed bumps along her throat. Her fists were bald, held out at waist level wearing a hoodie dusted with snow with a purse slung over one shoulder. She stood as if frozen in time, a seething cauldron of anger. Half the restaurant turned to look at the intensity of this woman as she stood there, glaring. The football game on the screens rattled on, not caring about the passion of the woman standing in the doorway. A hostess tried to speak with the woman, but she kept her eyes forward. Marching, fists still bald, she set her gaze on the back of the restaurant, A cutout in the back wall provided a window into the kitchen, an area topped with heat lamps where the kitchen staff would set plates of food for delivery to tables. A burly red-headed man in a white cook's coat lowered his head and squinted through the steam in the kitchen out into the dining area. His eyes then widened at the sight of this woman stampeding toward the swinging door in the kitchen. "'Carl!' she shouted as she rolled up your sleeves. "'Get your fat ass out here!' The cook, Carl, wiped his hands on a towel and disappeared from view. A moment later, he emerged through the swinging door, hands up, out in front of him, either in surrender or to keep her at bay. His expression was half terror, half guilt. Matilda, baby, the cook said, an appeasing look on his face. Let's not do this here, please. 
Where do you want to do it, huh? Maybe at your horse trailer? Now the rest of the restaurant patrons had stopped what they were doing to pay attention to the quarrel happening in the middle of the room in plain view of everyone. It's not what you think it is, Carl said. Lane thought Matilda's bald fists might implode. Her arms shook as the veins along her flesh popped out. In all his years, Lane didn't know if he'd ever seen someone so angry. Then what is it? I can't wait to hear what you come up for this one. She reached inside her purse and withdrew a pair of lime green panties. Then she dropped them on the floor halfway between them. A few chuckles and gasps went around the room as most of the patrons and restaurant staff watched in awe. They were also eager to hear what excuse Carl had for the pair of green panties on the floor. Lane didn't like being a looky-loo, yet he couldn't help but watch. Carl's eyes flicked down to the panties on the floor, then back to Matilda. Baby, please, was all he could seem to think of to say. Matilda looked past him, her eyes scanning the cutout into the kitchen. Is she working tonight? Where is she? Now, Lane's mouth did drop open a little. Like the rest of the restaurant patrons, the full weight of the situation dawned on him. Carl and a co-worker. This had gone from juicy to outright salacious. Lane felt like a peeping Tom, guilty for being present at this chaotic meltdown happening before his eyes. The swinging door to the kitchen pushed open and out stepped a woman with raven dark hair corralled in a hairnet dangled over her neck. With a scowl on her face, arms crossed over her ample waist covered by a white cook's uniform, the woman strode forward. Julie, get back in the kitchen! Carl hissed. You're only going to make this worse. Several dozen eyes around the room watched in rapt anticipation. No one had muted the televisions, but Lane could barely hear them any longer, like a record scratch across the dance hall. How dare you, Matilda said. Julie said nothing, standing with a self-satisfied sneer across her lips. Carl, Matilda, and Julie all stood in an open space between the tables, positioned in a triangle perfectly exemplifying their relationship. And then, all hell broke loose. Matilda made the first move. One of those bald fists shot into her purse and drew a six-inch blade, shiny silver serrated with a black hilt. Gasps rocketed around the room like a wave. Lane jumped to his feet, making the chair underneath him shoot back five feet and bump into a table behind him. He launched at a sprint toward Matilda, the knife clutched in her hands. As the jilted lover raised it high, Lane held his hands out. He'd intended to throw his body into hers from the side, knocking her off course and then snatching the knife from her as they collided together. But, two strides across the restaurant floor, everything changed. As Matilda raised the knife to stab at Julie, the raven-haired cook didn't stand still. She whipped up the hem of her cook's coat, exposing a belt underneath. On that belt, a 9mm pistol sat in an appendix carry holster. Julie shot her hand toward it, unclipping the pistol and drawing it in one smooth motion. Lane had to choose. Go after Julie before she could shoot Matilda, or go after Matilda before she could stab Julie. Carl, meanwhile, whose penis had started all of this, backpedaled away from the two women. Everything after happened in slow motion. Lane chose Julie. If she pulled the trigger and missed, any of these restaurant patrons could eat a bullet. Aim probably wouldn't be one of her top priorities. He planted a foot to alter his path, and he was within five feet as Julie leveled the pistol at her opponent. Matilda, unfazed by the gun, continued her attack, raking her arm down to stab the knife. 
Lane realized at the last second he could accomplish both goals. With Julie in his sights, he threw his hip into Matilda as he passed her. She stumbled to the side, but then something took him completely by surprise. Matilda, her arms flailing after Lane bumped into her, continued her downward swing. The blade slashed against one of Lane's tattooed forearms, tearing a streak in his flesh five inches long just below his elbow. Blood spurted into the air. His forward motion carried him into Julie and he smacked into her. His chin collided with her forehead and drove her back into the wall next to the swinging door into the kitchen. Still, she held the gun high. Cut stinging as blood flowed along his tattooed forearm, Lane wrapped his arms around Julie, gripping her into a bear hug. He spun her toward the wall, trying to make sure the barrel of that gun was not pointed anywhere near an innocent bystander. By this point, many of them were fleeing for the front door, but a good number were glued to their seats. Whether by a poor flight-or-fight response or curiosity, Lane didn't know. He pointed Julie toward the wall and gave her a shove. She slammed into it and the pistol came free from her grasp, skittering across the floor. He turned back toward Matilda to see Carl had now changed course and was running for her. She had not dropped the knife. Fury on her face, Matilda raised the knife again, aiming for Lane. He didn't even have time to adopt a confused look about why the hell she was trying to stab him. He lowered his head and leaped forward. Head pointed at her stomach, he connected, knocking her back. They sailed together until her butt collided with the floor and he found himself buried in her arms. The knife sat on the floor next to her. Blood streaked along the shiny blade. Lane yanked his head back and popped up to his feet. Behind him, Julie was sitting, a trickle of red running down her head from wherever Lane had smacked her. She was making no attempt to reach for the gun on the floor. Matilda had apparently smacked her head in the fall, and she was trying to sit up, her eyes rolling back and her chest heaving. Carl was still scrambling, and he knelt next to Matilda on the floor. He grabbed her hands in his, and Lane prepared himself to leap to cross the distance and separate them. Adrenaline spiked. Lane didn't know what would happen next. I'm sorry, Carl said, clutching her hands. I'm so sorry, baby. For a moment, no one said anything or moved. And then, Matilda smiled up at him. I know, it's okay. Lane ceased his forward motion, head cocked, staring down at these two. All the anger had melted away from Matilda's face. Carl helped her up onto her feet and they both scowled at Lane as they made their way toward the front of the restaurant. Lane looked down at the gash on his forearm, a river of blood running down into his palm. The cut was long, but it wasn't deep. Probably wouldn't need stitches. He spun in a defensive stance as Julie got to her feet. But then, she waddled across the room to retrieve her gun. She slid it back into her concealed carry holster, then she nodded at Lane. She retreated back into the kitchen, the door swinging after her. Lane sighed. The restaurant collectively returned to eating their dinners. The sound of the televisions faded back in. Maybe he'd just go home and cook that microwave pizza. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info 
and free thriller books.